You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. We want to welcome you back and thank you for tuning in one more time. And we pray that you will be blessed today as you listen to the Word of God. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. We want to thank you so much for joining us again today. There is a word from the Lord. And that word is coming from Colossians. That's Colossians chapter 3. And I'd like to read just verse 1 uh, for you. Colossians 3 and verse 1. He says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seateth on the right hand of God. That's a great text for today's word. But if you would allow me to take the subject from the text itself, and I'd like to share with you the message, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above above. The the Apostle Paul wrote this epistle to the believers at Colossae while he was in prison in Rome. He had not seen them. Paul didn't know them, but he addressed them as saints and as faithful brethren in Christ. The Colossians had been freed from sin. They had also turned to a new life, which is what happens to one when he when he is free from sin. They have left behind the old habits. They have left behind the old ways. They have left behind the old vices and the old values. So Paul is saying to them to have been raised with Christ and not to seek those blessings which are above would be a great contradiction. And that is true, my friends, because if you have been raised with Christ, there are blessings that awaits you. Our age is perplexed and our age is dangerous. For people of every walk of life are busy seeking for fame and fortune. They are busy seeking for health and for wealth. And some people will even go or get themselves in debt to try to be like somebody. What a foolish thing to even think about. So Paul is saying, but you who have been raised with Christ must seek greater things. Seek those things which are above, where moth and rust cannot corrupt, and where thieves cannot break through and steal. The Bible tells us we must lay for ourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust cannot corrupt, and where thieves cannot break through and steal. So the question now is, What are the things that are above? What are the things that are above? That's what the text tells us, to seek those things which are above. 
So in order for me to seek them, in order for you to seek them, in order for us to seek those things which are above, we need to know what they are. The Bible tells us that all good gifts and all perfect gifts comes from above. Praise God, the songwriter says, from whom all blessings flow. So the things that are above include a deeper knowledge of Christ. That includes a deeper knowledge of Christ. The old hymn says, more about Jesus would I know, more of his grace to others show, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. That's how much we need to know more about Jesus. We are challenged to grow in the knowledge of Christ. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are challenged to grow in grace, my friends, and in the knowledge of Christ. And later on, we will show you how important that is for us to grow in the knowledge of Christ. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and I want you to follow along with us. It gives us the source of knowledge and wisdom. It said, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hidden treasures, then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. There are some words in this text in Proverbs, that we must pay great attention to. Verse 3, look at that. It says, we must cry after knowledge. Cry as one that is ready to perish for hunger and beg hard for bread. We must be importunate as those that know the worth of knowledge and our own want of it, my friends. That's how serious it is. He says we must cry as newborn babes after the sincere milk of the word. Verse 4 says we have the word seeking. Verse 4. Our text we read earlier in Colossians, we have the word seek also. We can define them as just looking for something. You can define the word seek as just looking for something. In the text we read in Colossians, when we talk about the word seek, we must think of it as having a desire to achieve something. Think of it as having a desire to achieve something. Having a deeper knowledge of Christ is indeed great achievement. And therefore, we must seek it as we seek for silver and as we seek for gold. But in verse 5 of Proverbs, the text we read in Proverbs, it says, we shall find it. We shall find it. We shall find the knowledge 
of God, which is necessary to our fearing Him, are right, my friends, because when we know more about Jesus, when we know more about God, we will be able to fear Him even more. We will be able to reverence Him even more. You know, Paul, though he was a great man of God, and at one time he wrote in Philippians, I think he says that, that I, I want to know God in the power of His resurrection. I want to know Him in sweet fellowship. So that's a promise from God's Word. Seek those things which are above. So when we have the knowledge of God, that will help us to have a closer fellowship with Him. Let, let me say that one more time because it's important. I say when we have the knowledge of Christ, that is going to help us to have a closer fellowship with Christ. Because now we have a good knowledge of Him, not just a head knowledge of Him, but we have a heart knowledge of Him. So we can have the real fellowship with Him. You see, when you know somebody well, you can have better fellowship with them. And it's the same thing with Christ. When we know Him well, we can have fellowship with Him. Fellowship is defined as a friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. Fellowship is defined as a friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. So when the songwriter wrote, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, he knew exactly what he was talking about. He says that we are leaning on the everlasting abs because now we are in close fellowship with Christ so we are able to do like John the disciples, lean on Jesus' breast, lean on his shoulder, because we have no other to lean on but to lean on Jesus, on the everlasting arms of our master and of our friend. We do not have to wait till Sunday to have fellowship with Jesus, my friends. No, we do not have to wait for the crowd to have fellowship with the Father. There is no greater joy than to be in sweet fellowship with Him. Even when you are just by yourself, you can have sweet fellowship with the Lord uh, Jesus Himself. Then when we have sweet fellowship with Christ, that will allow us to have victory over sin. It will allow us to have victory over sin. So in verses 5 to 11 of Colossians chapter 1, the apostle exhorts the Colossians to the mortification of sin because sin is the great hindrance to seeking those things which are above. So since it is our duty to set our affection on heavenly things, it is also our duty to mortify our members which are upon the earth. Now, the word mortify means to put to death. Paul is not speaking of mortifying the flesh. 
but mortifying the deeds of the body. We must kill them. We must, we must suppress them. We must subdue them. The truth of the matter is, if we do not kill them, the deeds of the flesh, they are going to kill us. Verse 6 says, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Those who do not obey the precepts of the law incur the penalties of it, my friends. They incur the penalty of it. For those of us who are redeemed by the blood, we have victory over sin. Because we have the victory over sin, Satan is defeated, we can develop a godly virtues. We can develop godly virtues. The apostle proceeds to exhort to mutual love and compassion. In verse 12, he said, to put on, therefore, bowels of mercy. We must not only put off anger and wrath, but we must put on compassion and put on kindness. Not only cease to do evil, but we must learn to do well. That's the virtue of a child of God. We strive to hurt anybody, but we should seek to do good to all. The Bible tells us, if it be possible, as much as lie within you, live peaceable with all men. We should forbear one another. We should forgive one another. We should love one another. That's the word of the Lord, and that's the virtue that every believer, every child of God ought to have in them. And he says to let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in your hearts. And we, how we must teach one another and we must admonish one another. Not to criticize and run down one another, but to teach them, to admonish them, to encourage one another to build one another up in the faith. So the word of God tells us we must do it in psalms and we can do it in hymns and in spiritual songs. And these are great virtues that every child of God should possess. These are great gifts that every child of God should possess. Then we should seek an effective prayer life. We should seek to have an effective prayer life. Look at chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. That's how important prayer really is. And it says, and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer means persevere in prayer with thanksgiving, which signifies the gratitude that gratitude is the attitude in which prayer is offered. We have power of atonement to use the name of Jesus. Glory be to our God. Pray, believing that you will receive your answer, my friends. If you don't believe that you are going to receive your answer when you pray, then it is not effective prayer. Because we are challenging the word to pray in faith, believing. Pray in faith, believing. Jesus said, if you ask anything 
in my name, I will do it for you. And that's effective prayer. We must be a people of prayer, my friends. The Bible tells us that we must pray without ceasing. That means we must be in the atmosphere of prayer every day, all the time. We have to be in that atmosphere of prayer. And we always say that little prayer is little strength. Much prayer, much strength. So we need a lot of prayer, especially in this day and time when our world is really upside down. It's a crucial days and the children of God ought to pray. God himself said in Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, my friends. That's a gift that God has given to us. We must use it for his honor and for his glory. Paul says we should be continual, not just pray today, we skip tomorrow, then we do it another day. No, he says we should do it continually, be steadfast in prayer, pray continual. Let it be a lifestyle. Prayer ought to be a lifestyle for the child of God, my friends. I just told you a minute ago that we should find ourselves in the atmosphere of prayer all the time. That's how we should live our lives. We have to be in the atmosphere. Somebody can just call you and say, hey, pray for me. You are in that atmosphere right there. You can pray for them. So it should be a lifestyle for all of us. We must also be watchful. Jesus said we must watch and pray. We must be on the alert because we know the time that we live, that the devil, the Bible says, is like a roaring lion. He's walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So we must be on our guard. We must be watchful. We must be alert. And we have to give thanks to all the time for all God has done for us, for all God is doing for us, for all God is going to do for us tomorrow. We've got to be thankful and say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Thank you, Lord, for all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. So, my friends, we've got to seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. The blessings that God has in store for us, they are secure, they are safe, because the Bible says that they are at the right hand of the majesty on high. And I told you earlier that moth and rust cannot corrupt and thieves cannot break through and steal the blessings. But those of us who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, it is our duty to seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. The text tells us to set our affection in verse 2 on things above and not on things on this earth. Set your mind on the blessings that we are talking about today. Set your mind upon them and live your life in accordance to the will and the ways of God. So may God bless you today. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Well, praise be to the Lord. You know, my friends, we never bring our broadcast to a close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. This is a brand new year. It will be a very good time for you to turn 
a new leaf. Turn your life over to Christ. Let him change you and he will make you anew. Father, we want to thank you and we want to bless your holy name being so good to us. We ask that you speak to hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you again for tuning in. You can check us out on Facebook or you can email us at newdeafhopeatlanta at gmail.com. So until then, let your heart go on singing. Until then, be blessed, my friends, and have a pleasant day.